Hello and welcome to the 1212 podcast with me, Sean Haggerty. Just before we get into things, myself and my wife have, uh, let's call it an adult play that we're doing in the Grand Opera House this Christmas. Tickets are on sale now at goh.co.uk. It's called Home Alone. We've got three brilliant actors and actresses in it and it's going to be phenomenal. We're over 70% sold already. So if you want to go, make sure you get your tickets quick. It's on sale from early December until I think Christmas Eve is the last date. So make sure you get in there and buy your tickets. And let's get into it. My guest this week is the fantastic uh, fellow Lurgan man, lead singer of the Bonnevilles. Yeah. Yep. Andy McGibbon, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> How are you, man? Good, man. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, good. Thanks. Yeah. I'm sorry we had like a full fucking hour and a half chat here before we started. Oh, sure. Just with me setting up, but <laughs> we're here now and it's, uh, yeah. it's good to have you here too. Thanks, man. Thanks yeah. for inviting me. Appreciate you didn't have far to travel? No, no. Just, just, you know, say Lurgan just. Yeah, happy yeah. days. Yeah, Life is good. Brilliant. Hit the road this week. Yep, we're heading away to we're, we're flying to Copenhagen on on Thursday, and then there's a class. There's a bridge from Copenhagen to Malmo in Sweden mm-hmm. across that sea. Well, neither is. By the time you get over there, Putin could have done something to it. Yeah, but somebody's blew it up. Yeah, the fingers <laughs> crossed it's still there when you get over. <laughs> Did you see the footage of that? It was nuts. The the the, the you always see, like that like that dodgy security footage, and you just see the the cars, and you just go, something's going to happen, something's going to happen here, and you, the guy that comes out of the smoke, and the yeah, <laughs> you look like at that guy, you know, the rest of his life he'd be looking at that, and it should be. Yeah, it's up there with that nine eleven stuff, isn't it? Where you yeah. see like just that one figure, that that old man that sort just of walking out, comes out of the rubble. It's like yeah. five seconds later, and you're dead. Unreal, isn't yeah. it? It's like that. Um, I'm gonna fucking bring the mood down before we even got underway here properly. But Monday morning, it's fine. That um atrocity in Donegal. Oh my god! Like they released all the people who passed away or died. Oh unbelievable! I. Like, nothing has really hit me. Like, things have happened, obviously, in our lifetime and our generation and stuff that, you know, really makes worldwide news. Mm. But something like that, I think, so close to home. Like, people after school and stuff, just going to the shop, a wee girl going to the shop with her dad. and Just grandparents, parents, you know. And I don't know if it's almost, like, how my perspective has changed since I've had my daughter Uh, a year and a half ago, but... It's so, so sad, isn't it? Oh, it's terrible. And that community as well. I mean, there's only yeah. 400 people living in that wee village. And, yeah. you know, 10, 10 of them are now dead. And, I mean, that's... Can you imagine? That? You know, that's... I know. It's, it's such a... I mean, the percentage-wise of the community, it's ridiculous. It's the same. Your heart goes out to them. It's so, so sad. It's awful. It's really, 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 really bad. Yeah. It was just... It was just an apple green. Something blew up, yeah, isn't that right? So. Yeah, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Unbelievable. I know, I know. But like I, I Fiona, like I, I'm a real wuss even when it comes to watching videos of atrocities and oh. people, you know, getting murdered or killed or whatever. Yeah. Fiona I don't know what is it instilled in her, but she watches like everything she comes across. I see something and it's all like RIP, racks the dog and I'm all nope. Can't watch a dog, anything happening to a dog. I don't want to no. know that it's now no longer with us. Do you ever see the people still have the heart for it? fucking beheading videos and all, oh, all that shit? Yeah. I've never but seen one of them in my life. Same here. Oh, send you a link. Oh, it's that beheading video. Why do I want yeah. to see that? I know, I know, I know. I know. But the owner watches all that floods of tears, ruins her day. <laughs> and you're like, just 
Just turn it off. Don't, 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 don't put yourself through that. I would have she nightmares. I have nightmares. Oh. I would literally have nightmares. Yeah. yeah. You know, if I said, you know, I, I mean, even the descriptions of them, you know, when you're reading about the things that happened in the newspapers or in, you know, online, in an online article where journalists is telling you what's happened, even the description of it, my imagination, it just fills in the blanks. And I'm like, I know. fucking hell. I know, I know. You know? It's brutal. Oh, shocking stuff. I just, I just can't do it. I can't do it. But, um, yeah, you were talking about the bridge. <laughs> oh, the bridge, yeah. <laughs> the bridge to Malmo. So, yeah, it's yeah. class. It's like a big 20-kilometre bridge along the sea. So, it's, oh, it's this big arc. So, you drive from Copenhagen to Malmo. So, that's that's the first thing we're doing on Thursday. Are you hiring a, a van or a car? So, we get, we get a train across, and then we rent uh, a car in Sweden. And we're doing the Sweden leg with the car. And then all the equipment is... You know, the, the, the amp and the drum kit are provided at the venues. And then uh, we go to Norway. Norway. I love touring in Norway because everything is trains and planes. Mm. So there's no, there's no fucking about. With, yeah. You know, like, b- before the pandemic, we, we did, when we released our last album on uh, Dirty Photographs, a live natural sound. You want to say 2018? Uh, no, it was uh, 20... 2019, was it? 28... 16, 17, something like that. But we, 2018. You're 22, yeah. yeah. 2018, yeah. And then we toured hard. And we were like, we did one tour where we were averaging nine hours a day of driving. And that's, and I was doing the driving course, I didn't even have a driving license back no then. Way. And so you're turning up at a venue and uh, after driving for nine hours and like through Spain, where it's Wrong side of the road too, isn't it? The wrong side of the road. The no way. Everything. It's a nightmare. And, uh, and then you're having to load out. And, mm. and there's no, it's not like you, so you drive and then you go to your hotel for a sleep for three hours. It's straight out into the venue, sound check, fall asleep in the dressing room. Somebody comes and knocks the door and says, right, you're on. And that's you. That's you no you know, you've been going through a killer show. So can you sleep before a gig? You, you've no uh-huh. like... Butterflies or nerves, or you're just, no, just wake me up before you go go. What I'm going to do now? Fair play, yeah. Well, it's just I, I did. I mean, it, it's just from having to do it. Mm. I remember the first the first time I, I played live years ago when I was in my twenties with a band. I remember my hands shaking <laughs> that much. I was afraid. The first first chord was like a, a bar chord mm. A, and I remember I don't think I'm going to be able to play the chord. You were so nervous. I'm so nervous. But as soon as I started playing, it just went away. Class. So yeah. I, I'd say because I, I tell um maybe I'm gonna say depending on the length of set I do, but I tell probably averaging around sixty to eighty jokes per yeah. set. Yeah. Wow. But somebody would come up to me in the street and go, "Oh, you're a comedian. <clears throat> tell us one of your jokes." And I'm like, "Um." Yeah. Knock knock. Who's there? Phyllis. Phyllis. Who? Phyllis. A glass of water. I'm like, I can't think of a single <laughs> joke in my set, and I'm like, I've maybe gigged. I've just came off stage or heard yeah. you know, somebody's met me at the side of the venue. Well, exa- exactly the same, but it's that, it's, that, it's, that, it's that muscle memory. I play the, I'm doing a solo thing now too. It's completely different from the Bonnevilles. And what's, I've, I started wearing glasses to read, right? right? I, which I never did before. And that's only like it's new, like this past six months I've had mm-hmm. to wear glasses. So um, I'm sitting in the studio rehearsing a set, just me and an acoustic guitar with my book. Of my, my lyrics in front of me, and I've got my glasses on, so I'm reading away. And then, so I go to the venue, and I'm not going to wear my glasses when I'm playing, but the book's there, and the place is dark, you know, it's a wee dark, cozy wee venue, and I can't see my lyrics. 
But I remember every lyric. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you one of them now. I yeah. couldn't finish. A, I, could, I couldn't read a verse from memory. But as soon as you start playing in an inner room, it just comes to you. It just all comes. Yeah, that's funny because there's times I'm actually mid telling a joke, and I'm like, "Fuck, <laughs> I don't know what I've said up to now." Yeah. Like I, I was on autopilot there, and I've just came out of it, yeah. and suddenly my mouth's moving, and I'm telling the rest of the joke. Yeah. And in my head, my brain's just laying up at the feet up, just yeah, relaxing and yeah, enjoying exactly out and about. Exactly the same. It's unreal. It is. It's 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 nuts, but it is that muscle memory's from doing it. Yeah. Like, we're, we're supposed to rehearse, we're going on tour Thursday, we haven't played, We've the last gig we played was, what the hell was it, I can't remember, a few weeks ago anyway, and we haven't rehearsed, we don't rehearse much, me and Chris, except whenever we're, um, if we haven't played for an extended period of time, which isn't very often, or if we've got new material, you know, to go, we're going into the studio or whatever, and uh, so we haven't rehearsed, and I was supposed to go up and rehearse tonight, but I can't make it. I'm not going to make it tomorrow, and we can't do it on Wednesday. So we're not going to rehearse before we go into it. It doesn't matter. We just hit it hard. By rehearsing, is it more instruments, or is it more vocals, or...? Both. We'll, we'll just, we'll just pick people? what songs do, what songs do we need. And sometimes you'll start a song, you go, right, hey, we've got that next, you know, you just... Because yeah. we've got four albums plus worth of material, so... Yeah. You can't just, like, sit side by side on the plane with an earphone each and just be all like... <laughs> no, 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 it's no, a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's not that. No, okay. plus you don't want to hear Chris sing. Yeah, he's, he's bad. fucking horrible. He's <laughs> really, really bad. You know. How did you start? How did the Bonnevilles become the Bonnevilles? <clears throat> yeah, well, I was I was doing a two piece thing with another guy, and we we sort of fell out a wee bit. And to his credit, it was his idea. The whole two piece thing. I wasn't a guy called Tommy Malloy. You're from he lives in Craig Craig Adam, and. Uh, um, it was all it was his sort of idea I wasn't convinced of it but then we we played a few shows and we rehearsed a bit and we started I started to write some material specifically for a two piece and I was going yeah I can, I can actually do this but then we sort of fell out and uh, but just but I had enough material then and I was I think I want to keep on doing this so we started the I started to book a few shows and I would just get a different drummer in, train them out, see if bands, and there was no one really capable of it. But Chris was playing with a mate of mine's band over in Bambridge, called the Chandler Stutz, like a four-piece garage punk outfit. And he was only young, he was still in his teens. And uh, I said, uh, would, you, would you come along? It was a paid gig, and I said, listen, would you fill in for me? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was getting paid, so he was delighted. And... Uh, that was it. He just, he just, you know, just stayed on. I just stayed on. That was it. And he's great. Me, me and Chris, you know, we're perfect for each other. You know, when it comes to our work doing this, we don't sitting in a hot, sweaty van for fucking three weeks, four weeks at a time. And you need to be able to get on. You need to be able to know each other. You know, okay, I'm yeah. just going to back off now. Yeah. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go for a walk by myself. Yeah. You know, all that sort of So me and Chris have got that down. I think when you get the, I'm going to say our age, yeah. um, you kind of appreciate that little bit of downtime, especially when you've been a family man for so long and stuff and you're maybe mm. away and yeah. sometimes you just want to do your own thing and you yeah. enjoy a bit of peace and quiet. It doesn't yeah. mean anything about anybody else you're with. Well, that's the thing, you know, it's, it's about, you don't, you need to, just be less sort of. I'm not going to take everything offence as mm. an offence. Just you know, well, okay, it. yes, mate, yes, do whatever you want. 
I know you love me, it's fine. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's all good. You just have different priorities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, going on the road too, I mean, I, I, I actually, once you get going, and I do enjoy the experience of touring, but I find I've always, always had a real difficulty leaving the family. Because mm. I am a family man. I love, I love my wife. I love my kids. The girls are growing up now, but um, I always had, I always struggled. I always, you know, it was very difficult, but it always took me a few days to sort of go, well, okay, I'm here now. Just mm. get on with us. You know, we need to just sort of dig in. Yeah, it's it's almost like you have two lives in a way, doesn't it? At times, yeah. you know, especially when you're away from home quite a lot. Because yeah. I got an agent in England during lockdown, and since I've been with him. I think I've been to England maybe twice, three times because yeah. I just don't want to leave my family. Yeah. Do you know, and the work's there. He says to me, do you fancy this? Do you fancy <coughs> this? Do you fancy this? And I'm yeah. like, no, I can get that money <laughs> yeah. half an hour from my house yeah. and be home by 10 o'clock watching Match of the Day with a bowl of cereal. Do you exactly. know why, why I, I'm no longer that kind of guy or that comedian who chases this yeah. showbiz lifestyle. I just want, laugh at my jokes. I'll say thank you at the end. Get Somebody pay me. And I'll just go home and uh, get back to my normal life. Exactly the same. Yeah. People, people are always, you know, I, I, people can they have this, and I don't, I don't blame them. It's not their fault because the mythology that's grew up around performing artists, and the, the and road life, the mythology that has grown up around that is is infamous. You know, in my game with with a band and with the rock and roll, you know, we know about all the stories about all those big bands, but. You know, at my level, you throw a TV out the window, you're fucking paying for it. And you're probably going to jail. You know, your first instinct is, fuck, so who's cleaning that up? Yeah. So he's going to get a puncture, too. Yeah, you know, I'm, 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 I'm working the rest of the week for free as well. You know, and you're like, you know, so but you know, people are always surprised. You know, tell us, tell us any wild stories about on the road. I don't, I've, I've, I've never cheated on my wife. I've never been with a hooker. I don't do any drugs. I like a pint of Guinness and a wee, you know, a pie. <laughs> and me and Chris just we we go we, like if we have a night off, which we do, you know, like Monday you usually try to dial in a Monday for a night off, which we don't like. We would play, we would go busking rather than stop really? working. Yeah, we would do anything. Right. We, we've never done it, but mm. we the, the booking agents always try to say right Monday's a night off, and we go no, if you can get us a gig, we'll take it. And um, yeah. Uh, but if we do have a night off, you know, me and him is just going to get a bag of cans and a pizza and sit in the mm. hotel. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't, even, <laughs> you know, we've been to some of the most beautiful and fascinating places in the world. We have, I mean, we've, we've toured, we're mostly in Europe, of course, but we've been everywhere and we are the worst tourists <laughs> Like it's like you, did, when you went to Bilbao, did you go to the Modern Art Museum, MoMA? You uh, said a couple of cans in the room. No, we didn't. Why not? And I love art. I, I'm yeah, a yeah. I'm a big art fan, and I, I know like, there was an art you know, the, like you're you're in you're there's the Van Gogh Museum in that wee village in Bruges. Do you want to mm -hmm. go? You're in Bruges. I mean Bruges. Yeah. Jesus Christ. There's a there's a art there's a there's a Van Gogh Museum and there's a um. I can't another guy anyway, very famous. And uh, we're in the square just waiting for the gig to start. And they go, There's it there. Do you want to go? No. no. <laughs> Give a pint. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like that too. I was in Cyprus about, uh, I don't 
don't even know how long ago it was. It was a good few years ago. And I was there for like two weeks, two and a half weeks doing yeah. shows. And I just could not be fucked going anywhere. <laughs> I just slept in until maybe 11 o'clock every day. Yeah. Just had something to eat, went for a run, came back, maybe recorded a podcast in my hotel room. Yeah. And just fucked about, just chilled yeah. out on my own and just watched long sets must, and stuff. You must go and see the Parthenon or the, yeah. the Greek statues or the like Roman that? thing. You, nah, yeah. fuck that. Do you think we're spoiled though these days, do you know, with the likes of social media and... Do you know, everything being on our fingertips, like we spoke before, how like your phone <coughs> can do so much and stuff now, yeah. that people are going to get to the point where they just, nobody has to leave the room they're in, as long as it's the right temperature, <laughs> yeah. and there's a wee area for them to shit where they're sitting, they're fine. Like, you'll just yeah. press a button, and a wee trap door will open. Yeah. Your balls obviously drop down three <laughs> foot, because of the age of us, but then you'll do your shit, your balls will be, something will pull them back up into your body. <laughs> And then it'll just close again and you'll just go back to typing and yeah, yeah, being, yeah do it, being do sucked it. off by seven women in some yeah. VR headset. With a big massive phone. Or yeah. thumb. Yeah, you know, that's just, it. Yeah, yeah, you'll just have big alien hands. Yeah. And that's it. That's that's that well that's obviously what's gonna happen. Yeah. You'll have some machine pumping away at your abs and you'll have a fucking rip six pack, <laughs> even though you never take your VR headset off. <laughs> did you ever see did, did you ever see those uh the guys with the ab implants? Oh, they're horrific. There was a guy on Celebrity Big Brother one month. year. Yeah. <laughs> It was like he was leaning against the fence. It was fucking. It was terrible. Fuck off! Like, what are you doing? I saw, I saw. I saw one the other day. I just come up on on whatever I know, Instagram or Facebook or something. I was like, who are you fucking? I know. Who are you, you fooling? Like, what, are you, what are you doing? I know. Some dude at a pool, you know. Yeah. Like fucking belly abs. It's like it's like buying a, a mask of like Brad Pitt and just wearing <laughs> it all day. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's like Sean. I know what you mate. Do you know mm. you're, I've just knocked your front door. I know, I know yeah. where you live. Yeah. And you're all no, I look like Brad Pitt. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. Exactly. Just yeah. Embarrassing. The star is uh, shocking. I seen a video of you yesterday. I think it was. You've joined TikTok. Okay. What are your What are your immediate thoughts? Well, have you done a bit of browsing first, or are you just straight in? Oh, it's just I don't. I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't do any. I actually don't do any social media. I just use right. it for for promotion. Mm. I don't. I don't, I don't I don't have a personal Facebook page. Well, I have a page because you have to have a yeah, you have to have a profile. Yeah. But there's nothing on there. I don't I don't do anything. I did all that in the past. Um, Facebook and it's it's really fucked me off actually because you know the way the algorithm chokes your posts and then you have to take out adverts and all that. Mm-hmm. So we've got we've gone through all that. So we've twelve thousand or whatever on Facebook and then. So we've gone through the process of, um, <clears throat> you know, migrating over from MySpace, believe it or not. That's how long we've mm-hmm. been, been around. So whenever they fucking ruined MySpace, then we went to Facebook. And I always hated Facebook. I was, I don't even like the colours, like preppy fucking <laughs> yacht. Yeah. You know, Harvard Rowan team colour scheme. Fuck off. And, but it worked. You know, it, you know, you would, you book, so you, you build up your audience, you curate your audience, as they call it, and um, <clears throat> you put up a post, and they see it, and it's great, and then this, and then they start, then they start to put ads on the thing. You go, okay, this is the start of it, and then your posts don't see as many people. Mm-hmm. So then you say, well, you take out adverts now. So we're going on tour. So you go, okay, well, okay, we'll try. It. So we're throwing a few quid of ads, and you go, it's working. It's really working. You can see it working. It's class. Go okay, that's fair enough. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But being the greedy capitalist bastards that they are, they just they 
push it and push it and push it and then eventually now your ads don't even fucking you're paying for ads and they're not even getting yeah one came up on my page the other day and it was like for 40 quid 800 more people can see this and i'm all what the 800 fucking people that's insane yeah that's what they did yeah. so so what we used to do was we would go on tour and we you could target an ad to location and mm. all that which is mm. great and you would do all that and it was fantastic and you could literally see it working you could bums on seats ticket sales bought or tickets bought none of the comments you, in english yeah <laughs> yeah okay I assume, I, I assume that means you're coming um all that shit and then you know they just they just push it and push it and push it just choke it as much as they can so it doesn't work anymore so then you're forced so then you go well so so then the new thing now is <clears throat> is say uh, listen what you have to do and I, I actually had this sort of conversation with someone. No, no, no. What you have to do is you have to, you, you, the more curate your audience, you've got to build it and you've got to do the hashtag this and hashtag and you've got, and you know, so Facebook wants certain types of, and you've got to work with your audience. And I said, but we've done that. Mm. That's what we've been doing for six fucking years. Yeah. And now you fucking choked us to death that yeah. it doesn't work anymore. Do you know what? It's great to hear somebody else talking about that because that exact thing happened to me. And I built up my followers, right? I built up to something like 50,000 followers on Facebook. Yeah. And I did that through fucking graft. I graft. Went like, right, this is my new website. Hundreds and, and hundreds of thousands gonna, of yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Countless fucking days of sitting in front of a laptop, editing a video, you know, writing videos, making videos, putting out three, four videos a week, putting on live shows, fucking doing everything and building it up and up and up, and then one day they just go well, changing the it. algorithm. Changing the algorithm, you put up a post and you go, 40 people have seen this, Aye. what the fuck happened? Yeah. Surely every person who has liked your page should see that, yeah. and then your ads pay for you to either get a new following or get more of an audience or appeal to other people. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, it, it, I, I, <coughs> I, I mean I'm not a fucking toddler. I mean, they, 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 they want you to pay for the service. You say, well, that's fair enough, but you've made the service. You know, you're literally, they, they, they've choked it that much, that you'd be better off taking an advert out in a lurking meal. Yeah, yeah. Literally. Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Literally. It's, it's literally discouraging people from using their fucking I app. fucking loathe it. I, lo I, lo yeah. I can't wait for it to go the way of fucking MySpace. The day it sinks, yeah. I'll be happy. So we joined. So I said to Chris the other day, I was talking to a friend and they were saying, listen, TikTok is, believe it or not, for fuck's sake, another one. Yeah. So we started the, the TikTok so it immediately just started uploading a couple, there's five or six posts on there at the minute. And I could show you it on my phone. Every post has five, six hundred eyeballs on it. Mm. We're getting more, we've got 24 followers. Yeah. We're getting more eyeballs on TikTok than we are on fucking Facebook. Mm. And they're just little 30 second videos. Unbelievable. Like, I, I don't want any social, I, I don't like it. I just, yeah. I, oh, it's you know. the devil, it's toxic. Yeah. Like it can do wonders for your career, it can launch careers. Kind of has but done, yeah. I feel like it has so much negativity behind it too. Oh, completely, especially yeah. to our kids and the next generation that are coming through. Yeah. It's it's a horrible, horrible place. Like, oh, it really is. It's a dark hole. But I, I mean, like I say, I just use it for promotion. Um, I, I, the day that, that they don't have to do it anymore is the yeah. day that I'll be very happy. But you wonder what they'll come up with next. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing. Yeah. It, well, the. That, well, well, that is, I mean, the, but then that's, it's not the way they've gone, you know, so it's getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and, shorter and smaller and smaller and more micro, yeah. you know, five second videos. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, All your silence is cut out. Even people <clears throat> now are like, they're starting 
just say like saying somebody has a one minute story to tell to their to their phone they, they say five seconds and then you see them going over and stopping it and then they do the next five or ten seconds and then they do the same again and you're like just just tell the story just tell it in full why, why do you keep going back to your phone to because taking breath is boring it must be it must be <laughs> People go, fuck, she's breathing while doing this. <laughs> On to the next video. No thanks, mate. Just fold your breath. I just fell asleep there. And that was the odd thing as well. So when, when I started the bloody... So I started the TikTok. I said to Chris, and uh, he said, oh, fuck, not another one. I said, we're going to have to do this, mate. You know, we'll, we'll do it. As soon... <laughs> Literally started TikTok. Boom, started TikTok. That was it, right? Had uploaded nothing. Didn't know what it was. Didn't... I've never... Uh, my wife... She runs the social media for, for for her job. So she says, I'll show you what you do. I said, that's grand. And literally, the first thing I saw was a girl in yoga pants putting her legs behind her head. And I go, <laughs> what the fuck? Don't get me wrong. Very nice it was. She, was. she was lovely. Yeah. But I, what? I, I showed her and she says to me, she says, yeah, that stuff doesn't come up on my phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what happens though. Like you, you want to watch the videos that you watch on on TikTok. As in, if you watch something for too long, it's going to show you another five or six videos the next time you're on. Just of the same, of yeah. the same kind of thing. Yeah. So if you're looking at somebody's whole, yeah, you're going to get another ten of those the yeah. next couple of times you're on. But, but, and that's it. And that's it. It's the same on Instagram. So I have. We've got Instagram for, for the band and I've got my own one for for the podcast and then you know that one you know that what there was that one time you did look at a girl doing some squats in the gym or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then to see how she does them, just, so the next time you're in, you know, you don't want to right your back. Exactly. That's hilarious. <laughs> you, you, you know, but um and then the next time you go on it's just all girls doing doing stuff putting their legs behind their head you go okay listen you know i want it's fine i don't mind you know i did i admit it i did it but yeah. i also want to look at my other stuff yeah, yeah. which always gets yeah. pushed away you know but even even the likes of like i i still can't believe nowadays tv channels are a thing because nobody has time for a tv channel nobody has time for an episode that's on every wednesday at nine o'clock yeah. People want every fucking episode at eight o'clock in the morning, the first day it comes out, so they can phone and sit to work and binge yeah. all day. <laughs> I, I, mean? I, 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 I am that person as well. I mean, I even, Everyone is now. If there's something, if there's a series comes out and they're dropping an episode every week, I wait until it's over yeah. and binge it. Yeah, same here. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, there's episode six. Yeah. Chances are it's it over. Yeah. Watch them all in one Watch them all, yeah. 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 That's, and that's, that's, that's the other thing. Again, our, our attention spans. Mm. I can't remember what happened last week. Yeah. No, last Wednesday night at yeah. nine o'clock. What yeah. we had at this end, Ike? We're we're watching um, Peaky Blinders at the minute, so it's all up on Netflix. The the final mm. series, so it's you know, the, it's class and so three episodes, four episodes, in, you know, boom in one go, and then I probably watch the rest of it tonight. Mm. You know, it's a it's a scary future. I think, especially with our kids, like look at our attention spans and how much they've reduced over the years. Yeah. But imagine our kids that know no different. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. look at when you just sit by the radio and getting ready to record your favorite song that came on, and you yeah. give away in two and a half hours for it to come on, <laughs> and the DJ talks over fucking half it, and you feel like trying to rewind it and cut the bastard out. Yeah. Stop talking over the intro. That's the best bit. Our heard. kids now just go, Alexa, play Snoop Dogg. Fucking. Yeah. Drop it like it's hot. 
Yeah. And five seconds later, you're listening to your song. Yeah. Same with your TV show, same with everything. Yeah. It's just... It is amazing. Like, scary. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic time. But um, they're, they're, you know, they're, yeah, I, was, I was talking to you earlier on about, you know, the limit, having built-in limitations to, to things is a good thing, I think, because it does, it, it, it forces you to be creative. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, like, my girls... Same as same as same as everybody of of that age. They love. They use social media and they use. Uh, how how am I going to put this? When it com- when it comes to music, especially, they're, they're not very genreified. They don't you know like when like you were a metaler and you like blues and you yeah. like pop and you like they like everything. <coughs> you know, yeah. I, I I listen to her Lily. She goes, she I hear her upstairs and she's listening to Slayer. And she comes down dressed like a fucking furry. <laughs> like, well, what are you? Yeah. I don't. Um, and then music they, doesn't define them anymore. It really doesn't. And mm-hmm. then the next day she'd be dressed as a fucking full goth, yeah. but listening to some pop shit that would make you puke. You know what I mean? And yeah. they're all like, like make, we're both the girls are like that. They're just mm-hmm. all over the top. But they're young people are like that now. You know, they there's really no. Yeah. They, they, they don't. They're not being defined by genre. Of, of music, which is which is which. I suppose it's a good thing you can take out of it. I suppose it is, but I mean, maybe maybe there's a nice thing for that as well. It's not a good thing, but maybe it's a nice thing that you feel comforted that you're part of a gang. Mm. You know. Yeah, there's that inclusion, whereas that probably doesn't exist nowadays. Maybe. You know. Never thought of. You no, know, if you're you know if you're a metaler, you're a metaler. Yeah. You know, and you you're down with the metalers, and you know you're a metaler, <laughs> and you can give the devil horns to the dude on the bus. And they know what you're on about. Yeah. Were you a metaler growing up? No. Were you not? Oh, well, I went to all the, the, the gigs and concerts because during the Troubles, the only most the only bands that would come here would be metal, metal bands, mo- mm-hmm. mostly. But not only exclusive, but, you know, all the all the metal bands all came. So all my mates were metalers. Barry McClellan and Ian the Duffy and all the boys I went to school with. And, uh, and they still are. And uh, so I would go along. And so I, I saw every Iron Maiden and Slayer and everybody. Yeah. Was, in their head there too like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. these fucking reunion gigs where no there's two of them some, left and some old man who the fuck is this dude no uh so I, I went to them all but no i was never i was never a huge fan it's always blues for me really i was just sort of pop pop music as well i enjoyed pop music do you ever listen to your own music because what i've started doing in the past couple of years is i've tried to write and perform as being someone who i would pay to go and see does that make uh, sense yeah so I'm trying my best to become my favorite comedian. Very good. That's what I'm trying to do. That's a good. That's a good way of looking at it. Mm. Uh, no, I don't listen to music. music only whenever I need to remember how a song goes. Yeah. You know, I need to remind myself. I've played that one the way. Mm. And uh, it's, it's it's weird. You know, I was doing a solo gig the other night in Panger, and so there was a there was a couple of Bonneville's fans in the room. You know, I always sort of warned them. I said, "Listen, this is it's really what I do. It's really quiet and soft." And, very sort of arty and you know don't think that you're coming to see a Bonneville's gig it's not it's not me doing a Bonneville songs acoustically and they go no 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 we know we know and they're lovely in the comment but then they shout out do that Bonneville song yeah. <laughs> I should have tried because I'm a you're there to please people too so I said, yeah. I'll try it I started to play it couldn't remember a fucking line and then because it wasn't right it was just me and an acoustic it wasn't Chris wasn't there it wasn't yeah. an electric guitar. It's like when you see a teacher like in the swimming pool or something and you're all 
I know that person from somewhere, but yeah. they like teach you three times a week. Yeah. Because they're not wearing a shirt and tie and yeah. sticking a fig. So yeah. You're yeah. like, I can't figure out where I know you from here. What? I know I know him. Yeah. I've seen them nipples before. <laughs> <laughs> in their store room. Yeah. Class. Yeah. So in terms of your music then, it, do you listen to that genre of music? Do you Are you uh, one of these people who your work is separate from... Your, with, your, with the bonnet, the bonnets, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 huge, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it was, I mean, bl- blues music, essentially, essentially, what we are is a blues band. Well, there's more to it than that. That you know, mm. um, uh, whenever I, whenever we started, so blues music was was very staid. It was very. It wasn't going anywhere, and I was convinced it was dead. I, as a genre, blues was was over, because all I could see or get my hands on was just three white guys playing pub pub rock, pub blues rock, mm-hmm. and that's fine, you know, doing Rory Gallagher's covers with big long solos and all that stuff, and that's great, that's brilliant if that's what you want. That's not what I wanted because to me that wasn't exciting, and to me blues was exciting when I heard Island Wolf and. <clears throat> Muddy Waters and Robert Johnson and this stuff's electric. This is amazing. You know, it, it it thrilled me. And then over the years, then the white guy came along, ruined everything, and then it became pub rock and it was boring as fuck. For me, not for everybody, for me. So, I was sort of saddened a wee bit. I thought I I was genuinely going. I can't see where the how the blues survives this because it's dull. People aren't going to. It's going to die. But then I heard a particular record, it was R.L. Burnside, asked Paco the Whiskey, okay, Tommy, give me it. And I, Jesus, this is amazing. It was just completely different. So it was R.L. Burnside playing with John Spencer, and they, they were on tour together, so they sat in the room afterwards, and then they would jam, and then somebody said, we should record this. And it was just fucking, blew my mind. And I went, okay, the blues isn't dead. Mm-hmm. And then you got the likes of the White Stripes and the Black Keys, and then everyone starts coming along, and... <clears throat> With, with the garage rock scene and then the blues this sort of punk blues thing was happening and going right this is it this this is it's not that I could do something in there I could fit into this world so I was listening to all that and then all the bands that were coming over from America I was trying to get them booked or going to their gigs and all this so I was getting involved that as way, any way I could but it was still learning how to do it because being a two piece isn't to see you know you you get Cozy, you go. Where's the bass? Where's the thing? And you go. Well, you have to turn that off in your brain, you because mm-hmm. you've only just. The only reason you think that's going to be there is because you got used to it being there. There's no reason it should be there. There's no reason anything should be there. So you need to step outside yourself. So it takes a bit of time to get you know, get used to it all. And how long ago was this? You're talking. We were bringing American bands. Uh, early and... early two thousands. Right. So it was booking book people like Scott Byram and the Black Diamond Heavies and. You, you wouldn't know these bands, but there were bands that were road, road dogs. They were just on the road constantly, and they were doing something different with blues and Scott's country guy. Um, and uh, I'm delighted to say that I, you know, t- today I call them friends, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Black Diamond Heavy's guy called James Leg, we're on the same record label now, and... Uh, you know, so things like that. So we can't. It took a long time to figure it out and get good at it. I think, but um, yeah, we got there. 
Would you say you're where you want to be now? I'd like to be richer. Yeah. I'd like to have a bit more money. Mm. You know, it's still difficult to make a living. It's crazy with COVID. Um, I just fucking wipe this out. But um, you seem as yourself, you know, with all you have to be your your own promo. Yeah. And then, with you know, you have to be your own uh, booker. It's and you not have to just be, being good at something anymore. No, There's not. You have to be no. a jack of all trades in everyone, terms of like PR and social media and everyone. networking and yeah. yeah. It's, it's a pain in the fucking arse. Yeah. So it's overwhelming, isn't it? Sometimes? It, 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 it is overwhelming. It's completely overwhelming. And it's impossible for one person to do it all. And mm-hmm. certainly do it all right. Do it all well. So the solution for us is... There, I started a record label called Motor Science Records. To, again, I remember around that time. So I was booking a few bands and putting on gigs. I started a record label. So I got... I was, again, early days of... Of the internet, mm-hmm. innocent, halcyon times. It was MySpace before yoga pants. Before yoga pants, <laughs> behind the ears. You didn't even know people could do that. And uh, um, you see girls walking around with flesh-coloured fucking yoga pants on. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're driving yeah. along, you, you think you see a naked person. Yeah, Jesus. you do, don't you? First, yeah, second, just, you're, you're like, like, she has fucking hell bags on. Yeah. All of a sudden, something's like, oh, And uh, but um, so started Motor Science Records was a part of it as well. So. Um, <clears throat> It was in touch with a few bands across the world on MySpace. Again, you were getting in touch with bands, you know, in Japan and Detroit, and you're like, "What? This is fucking great!" And you go, "Is your, is your record out?" And you go, "No, I haven't got it." And so I started. I said, "Well, I'll put it out." So a guy called it was the first one was a guy called uh, the Roots, a band called the Roots. A guy called Chris Jacks. He lives in Japan. Like the Roots. The, 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 the well, actual, the ro- no, no, it's not R O O. It's the Roots or O U T E S. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So they're like a, they're they're well known big garage band now, mm-hmm. but so his first album he he put some stuff up on on MySpace as it was back then, and I just fell in love with it, and I I asked him I said listen, but I contact me where can I get your al- album he says no, it's not out, I said is it coming out what's it he says well there's a big there's a big label in, in Switzerland called Voodoo Rhythm Records okay um, wherever Beatman runs it. So for the garage rock scene, he would have been one of the, the, the bigger names. So uh, Beatman's thinking about putting it out, but he's he's been sitting on it for so long. I said, "Can I put it out?" He says, "Do you know how to put it out?" I went, "No, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out." So he said, "Yeah, so do it." So I went and got. He sent me the files through. I went and learned how to do it. Set up the label, got a distribution deal. So then put his album out. Started to mail it out, get reviews, do all that sort of stuff. Magazines, people were still buying magazines back mm-hmm. then. Um, did all that, figured it all out. Went, okay, and so then I put another album out and another one. And got a compilation together and all these things all selling. Or for, for, like, the, the, the compilation albums were a hundred pound copy now. Mm-hmm. Because it was only a limited, it's like five, five hundred or a thousand copies. It's unreal. People trade them now and yeah. they're collector's items. So I did all that and then got to, eventually the, got to the Bonnevilles. And I put, we put our first album out on Motor Sounds because I knew no one would put our album out because we just started. We weren't well known. Uh, it was really raw garage rock, garage uh, punk blues, recorded on cassette tape. That was all part of the sound. Mm-hmm. I, I delivered, again, that was through talking with the band in Japan. That's what they did. And I loved that sound. I said, how did you do that? And he told me. So we went and did that, and I loved it. It worked out. Again, recorded, recorded in 
the home studio in the basement of a Masonic Hall and they did the vocals in the, the, the under the stairs in the house. You know, all that sort yeah. of stuff. And, yeah. But limited, limited um, in, in terms of tools. But when you want to do a thing, you'll do it. Yeah. And um, so... So that was that. So then the second album, we got onto a record label. And then the third album, we got onto our, our, our label that we're on now, but out in LA. And they're fantastic. We love them. And uh, But Motor Sounds were still sitting there, <clears throat> not doing anything. I didn't. They just I had a website, lapsed, whatever. Didn't need it, so didn't worry about it. So now, to answer your question in a really long way, <laughs> um, the we've set up Motor Sounds again. So MotorSoundsRecords.com is live now. And it's basically a management facility for the Bonnevilles and my solo work. But then we're going to be we're going to be expanding it out. So Audrey Fraser is our friend from Glasgow. She was she would come on the road with us. She would have to do our merch and look after us on the road. She's going to be running it. It's being set up at the minute. It's it's set up. It's ready to go. But what I'm looking is got Lisa McGee and my wife Janie, and those three women between them. They'll not let. People drop gigs on you. They'll not let because yeah. they'll 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 get their teeth into this. There's right. three feisty girls, mm. and if they, and I was talking to Lisa the other night, and she's one of my best friends. I wouldn't want to get the wrong side of her. Mm. She'd be a cunt, Brilliant. and we need a cunt yeah. in our team. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. just to chase the ticket link down that we never got that time, and now the gig's not on. And yeah, you know you yeah, need everybody needs that other person, don't they? Without a doubt. Yeah. So, Motor Sounds is going to be that for us. I think that's so we're working at it. And Audrey's not well at the minute, so she she she's got some health problems. But once she gets over that, she's gonna. Um, she's supposed to come to Scandinavia with us, and she can't make it. But uh, so who's going? Just the two of us? <coughs> just the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah, I remember when you were saying earlier just about like having to drive nine hours and stuff, especially because um, it's Chris. He says doesn't drive. Does he still not drive? No, he drives now. He drives now. So um, he's been doing. Well, he's been doing most of the driving. He's on the phone. Uh, that's why I'm back. That's why I was a bit late getting out there because I was talking to him. Right. So uh, he's uh, he's renting the car. So it's going to be all him. But it's only it's only two or three hour drives. That's not too bad. No, I think the first, when I properly make it, the first thing I'll be doing is just paying for a driver. Without a doubt, everywhere I go, and we see if you pick me up at the airport. There's nothing more fucking stressful. When you get to the airport and you have to go and find where your car is and stuff that you have to hire and then somebody talks you through all the shite and then you eventually get on the road you don't know where you're going you could be driving on the wrong side of the road you have to sat down is everything going to work do you know see when you get into the back of a car you say hello to a driver and then you're all here mate i just gonna have a bit of time to myself here no worries you go over your jokes you go over your set list you go over yeah. your songs yeah the earphones in you have a sleep or whatever have a sleep. And then you get to the venue and you're refreshed and you're good to go. It's class. Instead of being stressed, I mean, like, we're, we're like parked, you know. Because driving is stressful. Park here. Driving, whenever yeah. I leave here, I shout at three people on the way home. It's going to be stress. It's a stress. Yeah. One of the best ones that ever happened to us, we were playing, it was a one night stand. We were flying out to Croatia to play a festival, a car festival, like a rock and roll sort of car festival y thing. Uh, with two, two or three gigs anyway, but anyway, so the guy says, listen, I'll pick you up at the airport, and like, oh, fucking sweet, what did he turn up with, a 1973 something, um, roadrunner, a big American, <laughs> thing longer than this fucking studio, <laughs> you ever see those cars, huge, yeah. um, 
like Root Runner, like it's called a Root Runner, and it's, it's, I don't know if you know anything about American cars, but it's you know the Root Runner cartoon. Yeah, yeah. It was that's what it was named after, and the yeah. horn is the meep meep. That he oh, meep meep. That's the horn. But this thing is, it's got kind of like an, an airplane engine in it, or you know, just this big growl. And he says, "Yeah, yeah." So we'll pick you up, and uh, we we he says, "I've got a surprise for you." So we walked out, and went, holy fuck. We got into the back of it, and me and Chris sitting in the back of it, in the back seat. It's just big, big, you're just sliding about on these bench. Like just one big long seat. Just big bench seat side, big yeah. long back seat. Yeah. And uh, just sitting in the back of it, and then he says, "Really, see the guy who's going, oh, I really hear this." So we're going through a tunnel, and he just floored it. It's like a fucking plane taking off. <laughs> 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 you actually got a wee thrill, you know what I mean? Like, oh my god, you could be tickling that's your balls good. going, oh, that's, I like that. I would 100% get on the back of a moped if somebody else was driving. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. See, if it just gets me the gig, I'm less stressed. Yeah. I can relax a wee bit. Just, that's what I'm all about now. Just, just, how can I do this? And as minimum effort. Minimum maximum effort. Input. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the point. I, I did a gig the other night. And um, I was booked to do, um, I was MC and like I booked myself, it's, it was my gig in Cookstown in Thirsty Jays. Yep. And I, I, I don't think you've ever seen me before, but I like nowadays I have like a big table set up with like props and a tablet and a wee keyboard and a blow keyboard and a ukulele sometimes and big pictures that I do like sort of single jokes based on like, you know, yeah. what the picture is and stuff like that. And I was setting this all up the other night and I was like, fuck's sake, I need to just do something else that doesn't involve all this technical setup and all this shit because I introduce lads and they come up and they tell their jokes and they get off the stage and that's it whereas I have to be there an hour hour and a half before the audience and stuff and get you know set up make sure the leads are all working make sure somebody's there who knows what they're doing and stuff and I got that point I was like the other night I was like I'm going to go out here and try and tell as little material as possible because this is going to be a regular gig so I'm going to be emceeing every month whereas mm -hmm. if I do all my jokes in the first night I'll just be even more stressed next yeah. month when I have to come back and do a gig because I'm like, what'll I do? So I just went out and just went around the audience and just started slagging them. And I must have did half an hour throughout the course of the night. And I probably told about six jokes. Perfect. And I was like, I should do this every gig. Yeah. So I should just go and just fucking slag the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fucking right. And they get more out of it too because it's, it's so specific to them. They're not going to get this night if they come and see me somewhere else. They're no. going to get something completely different. Yeah. Because... Those people aren't going to be there. And well, I saw that. One, I saw that. I saw that one you did. The, the, you put it up online with it when the Queen died. Yeah, the national anthem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it went down well to a demographic. A particular demographic. A particular yeah. demographic. Let's just say, yeah. Yeah, that but, was really good though. It was funny. But that's what it was all about. Just be tongue in cheek. Just the way. Oh, you sneaky wee fucker. Let's all have a big laugh and we all get on with the night. Yeah. But to some people who watched it completely out of context, it was taken the complete wrong way, you know. Yeah, but you don't, do you not find that, um, you know, the sensitivity police mm. have overplayed their hand? Yeah, yeah. And people are now, like two or three years ago, comedians specifically, because it was you that were getting it in the fucking ear, you were, were terrified. You were, you were getting crucified. You didn't know what you could say. You didn't know what you could get away with. And it's, it's everyone's just like, you know what, fuck it. Mm -hmm. I, I sense that. Like, you yeah. know what? Where, yeah, where it is now, every comedian is like, fuck it. Just yeah. say whatever you say on stage. And sometimes I think I go above the line too, or below the belt, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But sometimes I'm on stage and I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. But what I try to do, if I do something like that, I'll say at the end of my set, I'll go, listen. 
I'm out here trying my best to make you laugh. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Of course. See, when you leave this room, don't take something that I've said and twist it or make it something that's outside this room or bring it into society. It's not me trying to get fucking points online or me trying to stick up for some certain group. I'm just having a laugh. See everything at face value. Laugh or don't laugh. You don't even see what I've done. You don't even necessarily believe everything you say. It's a joke. Yeah, yeah. Fuck us. I know. Yeah. So you just... uh, you just have to be true to yourself, I think, now. And I, I feel like because I'm such a family man, because I'm so yeah. clean cut and, you know, I'm, I don't want to go over the speed limit in case I get a ticket and then I can't drive to my next game yeah. if I've been banned and all this shit. And mm. I have so many fucking thoughts that go through my head every day where I'm like, oh, you don't want to do this because this could offend somebody or this could be bad or yeah. I don't want this person to find out about this. I get to the point where when I get that gig, I'm like, this isn't me up here. Yeah, This is some alter ego who's like the fucking... Yeah. I'll make you cry, but I'll make these 30 people laugh, and that to me is worth it. Yeah, I'll <laughs> sacrifice you for them. <laughs> yeah. There's a box of tissues. <laughs> yeah. Fuck up, you smelly cunt. Yeah. I hope you well, it, isn't, it's, it's that whole thing. I remember t- I was talking with Mickey about this stuff, and, you know, um, uh, it's, it's that whole thing that they'll sit there while you slag off alopecia, cancer, and disabled people. But you get to uh, their specific issue, and all of a sudden yeah. they're fucking shouting at you from the back of the fucking room because they have a you're slagging off people with bunions. Yeah, you know what I mean. You, I have a fucking bunion, you bastard. I know. You know, I know, it's unbelievable. It really is. Like it, it's and it's so sad too. But I mean, <clears throat> it's it's their issues. Do you know what I mean? I feel like as comedians, we. But are... how can you not? How what happens that the people can't see? The ridiculousness of taking that stance. I know. The hypocrisy as well. Mm. But there's some people, like you, it's weird when you do a gig like out in the countryside somewhere and you're going in and you're like, oh, I'm saying that, I'm, I'm saying this gig. 99% of the audience have probably never been to live stand up. Yeah. They've never been to Belfast. Yeah. You know, they go to Belfast with their confirmation money and that's it. That's the last <laughs> time they were there. Do you know what I mean? Because fucking Lurkin doesn't have pre-mark or whatever. Yeah. So, so you're going out to this audience and you're like, I have to fucking almost like spoon feed you the first 15 to 20 minutes here because you don't understand the etiquette of a comedy club. You yeah. don't know that you can't just talk to your mate. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you can't just answer your phone and talk in front of a crowd. That's you know, it's Whereas it, even when I see like singer-songwriters and stuff or people who are about to do acoustic sets, mm. they're... They're so disrespected because they're booked in a busy bar, maybe yeah. on a Saturday afternoon in Belfast or whatever, and nobody's listening to them. Nobody's listening. You may as well have a fucking it's, song it's on a box or something, and you're like, this guy's phenomenal, or she's incredible, she's so gifted, so talented, sings every note perfectly, Yeah. and people just couldn't give a shit, they're all talking about it. I make a point of clapping after every single song, no yeah. matter where I am, who I'm with. I tell you, as a performer, it's the same as yourself, you know, as a performer. It's a fucking, it's horrible. Mm. It is horrible. I remember uh, Amy Montgomery, she, she she went on tour and she asked me, she says, because I was just starting to do my solo stuff, it was before COVID, and um, she says, do you want to, do you want to come and support me? I go, I have a class. So I remember talking with Stevie Scullion, the number mm. and and uh, he was saying about how he stopped doing he would only do sit down gigs now. People just sit because he's 
Stevie's solo stuff, just him on his own with an, an acoustic guitar. The band is different, but with just him on his own with an acoustic guitar, it's beautiful. He's a, such a great songwriter. And he's very soft and very different. He's gentle. And he just, if you allow him, he'll just take you mm -hmm. on a little, you know, a little boat ride. It's just beautiful. It is really, really beautiful. But he's sitting in a room trying to do that with people. Talk, and it, doesn't, it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for him as a performer. It's hard for anyone as a performer to endure that. And I always remember him telling me that. And then Amy asked me, she says, would you, would you fancy it? I said, sure. So she, the, fir the first gig was in Waylands in Dublin. So I go down. Uh, I'm a wee bit sort of nervous again because it's the first time I've sort of gone out to do this solo stuff. And again, it's very different. It's very soft. It's different. It's not the same as the Chronicles. It's, and I'm going into this rock room and I'm like, oh, shit. Mm. I started, I started to remember what Stevie had said, and I was like, oh, fuck, I, I think I've screwed the pooch here. So, anyway, I go up onto the stool on the stage, and the audience are beautiful. They're very quiet, they're very respectful. They listen, they get it. They're obviously a musically educated audience, and they get it. Class. So then I come up to Belfast, we're playing the limelight. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was, I, I, get me, I, I think I played 15 minutes and just said, that's right. me, last song. I, yeah. There's no point in me being here. This is awful for me. You're not listening. Just stick music on. Have a just DJ. get the band on. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be here. No, it was, it was Amy's, supporting Amy again. And uh, I said, I, I don't want to do this. So since then, it's all been just sort of solo, sit downy, quiet. Yeah. You know, small audiences and they're all paying in. They're all paying, you know, I'm, I've never charged, you know, I'm charging 15, 20 pound a ticket to come and see me, but there's only 30 people there, mm. you know, to come and see me sit down and sing songs. And that's I, class, and that's, it's I love great. that intimacy, I, it I is. love that, like. And the venues are important as well, so we're doing the American Bar, I booked the Sunflower for the 29th of January. Lovely spot. Beautiful. Upstairs. Yep, on yeah. Sunday afternoon, love 2 o'clock. Love it. Block of pints, like, yeah. take, take your money. Buy some food for your, your wife and your kids and then last yeah. train home. Yeah. You know, and all you, all you do is you're walking with an acoustic guitar in a case. Unreal. Love it. So it should be in it. Yeah. I, I get some promoters and I'm dealing with them, like in terms of booking gigs and stuff. And they're all, uh, you know, this is your budget or whatever. And I'm all right. And uh, just let me know all these things. You know, how much is it in? And they go, oh, no, no, it's, it's free in. And I'm all, you're fucking mental. You're mental. Free in means people don't give a shit. No one cares. Ever, it, it, it's just disrespect straight off the bat it's like right i've invested nothing in this see yeah. if i don't like this first act that's on or somebody who's shite or if i can't hear them properly or if i can't see them yeah. because there's somebody in front of me yeah i'll just talk to my mates or we'll go to another bar yeah and exactly just ultimate disrespect complete and that's it it's, it's, it's that thing you know you said that there's no one i haven't invested anything in this mm. that's so important they understand yeah. what that means that's exactly what's happened mm. there's been no investment made by the you know as a performer, I need you to get it. Yeah. You need to understand what's happening here. Mm. You know, there's something happening here. I need you to work with me. If you don't work with me, it's fucked. Yeah, it lessens the experience for both. Yeah, completely. Mm. Everybody. We, 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 I, I played a, a solo gig in Bangor there the other night, as I said. And now, nor, again, it's free in. It's back room in fieldies. There's only 20 or 30 people. It's tiny. It's the size of your studio, to be fair. Maybe a little longer. Um, but 
They've been doing that gig for years. Everybody's Duke Special has played it. Everybody has played it. You just get, you say, listen, it's free in. There's 150 quid or whatever it is. Come and play some songs. And it's an educated audience. Mm. Assholes aren't going to turn up. There's nothing there for them. You know what I mean? Mm. And they sit and it's very quiet. And I tell stories about so when I saw the songs that, that I'm doing now when we when, when the solo stuff. It's more sort of Irishy and folky and a wee bit. I, I lean into mythology and stuff like that. And the local mythology around here, they create the characters, the fairies that live around here. And I tell the stories about these things. And people listen. But that's fucking, that's, that's brilliant. That's, people are learning as well as, it's almost like you've done your homework about a place and you're Aye. going to them and you're going, see this place where you's are, you's yeah, are right where now, you are right now or where you live. Yeah, yeah. Here's a wee bit of yeah that you didn't know about it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and people are the feedback I'm getting is it's giving people an insight into the song before they hear it. Mm. So they're getting an extra. They they're they're open. I didn't. They're invested I, more. I like the song. They're invested more. Mm. Exactly that. They're invested more. Yeah, brilliant. And they go. I like. I I would like the song anyway. But now I know what really what it's about. Mm. That's brilliant. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's the difference in going to see a movie without reading the bio or seeing the trailer. Mm. To what you're doing is you're giving them the trailer and then they're going fucking... They're not going in. That movie. Yeah, yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. Speaking and of gigs, we're doing a gig yeah. in the next couple of weeks. We'll finish up, I think, soon. Yeah. Um, we're doing the, I'm going to call it Black Cat, Com- Black Cat Club. Black Cat Club. What, what First is that? First annual that's, Halloween ball. That's an... Uh, is that like a promotions company, like an event company, rather than an actual club? Or yeah, well, it was supposed to be. So what we did was we set up was again just before COVID. Uh, we we got complete. When I think of all the things that I fucking lost over COVID, no. so we'd set up the Black Cat Club. Me, Richie, Lisa, and my wife Janie. We went to see Noel in the Railway Bar, and we said, "Listen, can we sort of basically take over the backspace because it was sitting there closed? There wasn't, there was nothing happening." There was meant to be a comedy club there, wasn't there? Pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. that was us. So yeah. we said, so we we brought Mickey in. Mm-hmm. He was going to be like a comedy liaison, and we brought him down to the space. And we said, listen, how do we turn this into a comedy? He says, you do this, you do that. So we went and sat on it, brought him back, and he went, this would be perfect. So we were going to set up a comedy club on a Sunday night. We booked Diona, mm-hmm. um, Arne McCann, I think. Arne McCann, Paddy, Paddy Gaherty, Paddy, or uh, McDonald, Paddy McDonald, yeah. Yeah, that was it, and and Mickey was going to MC. No, probably was it? No, Mickey was he was supposed to do the first one. He was away. Paddy was MC. I think that was who it was. Mm. So we were going to do that on Sunday night. The Bonnevilles had played. We were going to play the first. We were going to be the big opener. Now, the idea was going to set up the Black Black Cat Club. We're going to bring culture to the town because there's no venues. There's nothing there, mate. We're going to educate, get the people educated. How do you fucking behave in a comedy? You want to find out this is what you do. We're not. Doing, Everything was going to be of the highest quality that we could do. Um, Janie and Lisa were going to be artist liaison because you know that thing when you go to you know the simple stuff when you turn up at a venue. Where did I go? Where where's you know that how many times have you been to a venue and as you're leaving they go, oh, did you get your writer in the dressing room? You go, didn't know there was a fucking dressing room. <laughs> no one told me. You stand down the fucking corner by the toilets. Yeah, yeah. we've been getting we've been getting changed in the toilets, getting yeah. changed in the in the back of our vans. And then the guy goes, there's a dressing room there. So, you know no one mm. fucking told us this. So how the fuck do we know there's a dressing room? Yeah. So all that basic shit. So it's going to be there with Artist Liaison. 
when you turn up this is what you do you'll be met there's the phone numbers there's a dressing room there'll be full what's your writer what do you want everything was going to be taken care of to provide the artist with the best experience they could have in order to provide the audience with the best experience that they could have so that was the intention the Bonneville's first gig was booked tickets were sold boom COVID happened we never got to fucking do it so what a bollock complete bollock complete yeah. So this gig that we're doing on the 29th of October. October is the first gig that was supposed to happen with the Black Cat Club. And again, we're doing it as well as we can. You're emceeing it, or comparing it. We're playing uh, support from Papa Luna, who's a great band. We're going to have a Halloween parade, which you're going to have a lot of fun, I hope, at. Yeah. Can't taking the piss out of people yeah, in their yeah. costumes i yeah. can't that's i think that's going to be <laughs> when we when, i think that's going to be my favorite part yeah i cannot wait yeah listening to you you fucking getting stuck in i think that's going to be brilliant <laughs> and um, it's right up my street you've no idea <laughs> yeah I cannot fucking wait that's that was the, that was the yeah. whole thing I, I i remember when we were discussing i said i think sure we'll yeah do that. getting paid for this is a bonus now yeah knowing that this is going to happen yeah like yeah, yeah. bring it on so it's going. So it's going to be the first annual one. So we're going to do it every every Halloween. We're going to have a Halloween parade gig at the Woodville and just make a wee thing of it. And it would. It's it's nearly sold out. So we said it was sold out, and then we we got the release and a few more tickets. So they're they're going on the right. Been snapped up. Yeah, it's Eventbrite or something. Is it? They're on Eventbrite. Yeah, that's how people can get tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people just search Black Cat. Uh, yeah, Woodville. Black Cat, Lurgan, Your Name, whatever. It's all in there. It yeah, the bonnet. I feel like we could chat for fucking days here. Aye. Uh, but I know you have to go to Sweden soon, so I'll yeah, <laughs> let you go. Yeah. But uh, pleasure as always, man. Thanks, Thank you man. very much for coming on. Ladies and gentlemen, Andy McGibbon, new to TikTok, make sure you go follow. Is it the Bonnevilles? The Bonnevilles, yeah. The Bonnevilles on TikTok. Yeah. Make sure you go follow them. And uh, where can people see you in the future? Are you kicking anywhere? Yeah, we're doing. We're, we're playing. Uh, we're supporting Alabama 3 in Derry on the 28th of October, the night before the, the one in Lurgan. Playing the 29th in Lurgan. At the uh, in the Woodville, we're playing uh, Voodoo in Belfast on the twenty second of December, so those tickets are available. Yeah. yeah. And do you do any Christmas numbers at all in the Christmas shows or the December no. gigs? No. No, I know we should do one. Really, yeah. I don't know what we would do. Yeah. Can we spin on something. Yeah, do we punk blue spin on? Santa baby or something. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucking lovely. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Really appreciate no worries. it. Thank you. Uh, it's the one two one two podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, do all that usual shit, and we'll see you back here next week for another episode. Cheers.